Hey, welcome to North Point Plus, our podcast that we do that's kind of after the message to just dive back into the message, talk about it a little bit more. This is episode 111. We're all aces today. One, one, one. Woohoo. And we're here with uh, Larry Carter, who is appropriately dressed in Ohio State gear. That's right. Uh, he's. Uh, he's just a godly, godly man. <laughs> Any reason to wear Ohio State gear today? Uh, let's see. Penn State. I <laughs> yes. I, I, I was talking to Jake about it and said, man, I, I actually felt bad for my Penn State friends oh. because they just did not play. I mean, it was a great game. But anyway, uh, we're not going to talk what, about that. What makes it even sweeter is my brother-in-law is a Penn State grad. So oh, that's so that's, sweet. So. That, that is good. <laughs> yes, yes. So um, <laughs> uh, we're in the Blueprints series. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, the last two weeks I've been gone. I've uh, been doing weddings. weddings. Did a wedding for my, um, for my cousin's daughter up in Charlevoix, which was great fun. Oh. And then this past weekend for a couple from North Point that uh, was down in Niles, Michigan. And that was good. Uh, just a great time as well. We got a chance to go to church with them on Sunday morning, oh, which great. was really, really cool. So we listened to the message on the okay. way back right. almost at the same time the 11 o'clock service was going on oh, okay. um, as we're riding wow. in the car. And, uh, and so th- that was great. And it sounded like when you first started the message that... Uh, that it was a pretty cool service Sunday that God was working. Yeah, both uh, both services, uh, first and second service. Uh, one thing that North Point, I think they understand, they realize is what an incredible gifted bunch they have leading worship. Yeah, uh, Jamie and the crew, Chad and Jen, especially on Sunday, were just amazing. And uh, I can't hardly get through the service. Well, well, I don't get through the service without yeah. having to wipe my eyes because of how it impacts me and, and where it takes me, not mentally, emotionally, but spiritually. Yeah. Uh, the, the thoughts that come into my brain when I'm worshiping, you know, you can multitask. Yeah. Just, it takes me to a really great place and uh, a place of peace and power with, with the Lord. It's just amazing. There's talented people, Rick, you yeah. know, you're really talented musically and, uh, uh, many people are. I was sharing with someone Sunday. I think it was Jenna. I I said uh, there's a there's a church. I'm not going to mention the name of the church, but they run twenty thousand on a Sunday morning, and the worship leader is a very accomplished guy. But I don't feel the way I feel yeah. here that uh, that that uh, I I don't feel there because while he's so good and so accomplished, um. There's something that's not communicated spiritually uh, that I get here. And it's just, and not that I'm this world traveler and yeah. I've been everywhere, but I've been to a lot of places. I've yeah. worshiped in a lot of big churches and so forth. And I, I can honestly say that nothing touches me like the worship that's here at North Point. That's, that's, that's cool. And it is, uh, you know, it is Jamie and Chad and Jen and, yeah. and the whole crew, but it but it's God that yeah the, well, um, absolutely we we said it so we were in a, the church that we went to on Sunday um, with the bride and the groom big church um, uh, full time worship people all that kind of thing and we all said kind of afterwards it's good 
Yeah. But um, we we are just so blessed. We are. Point to really uh, be able to worship and and the thing to me that I just love is that uh, that um, it's not performance. No. And um, people watch, but like because of where we sit down front, oh. um, you you just hear everybody sing. Oh, you do, and and not just sing, but be very engaged. Oh, and, um, it's it's fantastic. And then uh, you have the baptism. Yeah. Um, and Andy did a fantastic job. I understood. I asked you afterward. Yeah. Who produced that video that had the interviews of the three different candidates for baptism. He said Andy did, and he did a fantastic yeah, it job. Was great. And what they communicated was so powerful about the difference that Jesus can make in one's life yeah. and the change that comes. And uh, what was so cool is right right after first service, that was first service where I got choked up, but after first service, uh, the Sullivans, the parents were sitting right behind me, and I had a conversation with them and how they just were so absolutely thrilled to have their son and daughter-in-law yeah. uh, recommit to Jesus. And so... That, but the first service, it just struck me that we, we get so wrapped up in, I don't know, say, it, the business of the church, yeah. being a church, um, and all the things that come with it. It's amazing how much work it takes to keep a church going. Yeah. Uh, Sylvia, you know, well, Sylvia is here, by the way, but uh, <laughs> that how much work it takes. Yeah. Uh, but then when you bring it all down, it's what happened Sunday morning when this one young lady uh, comes to Christ yeah. and realizes her need of Jesus and moves, as I said in the service, from death to life. Yeah, It's just amazing. Um, what, what is it? The Scriptures... Well, I, I think it's Luke 15, where it talks about the lost sheep and lost coin. Yeah. It yep. says that all of heaven... It Rejoices. says the, the yeah. angels in heaven... Yeah are rejoicing when one is found yeah and versus the 99 that aren't and it just struck me before I stood up there when, when the baptism happened I said if we just are quiet maybe we can hear heaven roar yeah if we're just yeah. quiet we can hear heaven roar um these football games we watch we get involved in we cheer and the roar of the crowd i can't imagine that the myriads upon myriads of angels in heaven when they're yep. rejoicing that sound is amazing. Yeah. Over one center. So that's what all those thoughts at one time were come, when I stood up to speak. And I talked to Jenna after the first service. Yeah. And I said, man, I could hardly, I couldn't read my notes or my scripture because my eyes are blurred with tears. Yeah. And she goes, the same thing happened in the first service. She goes, but I can't do this. I got to. I gotta, I gotta stay focused and worship. I can't yeah. get all emotional about this, but that's man. The presence of the Lord makes a difference. Yeah, I, you know, as we were as we were driving back, um, and Deb and I were talking in the car, I I said, I'm just so grateful to be a part of a church where God is working, yes. where, where people's lives are being changed, and I, and I, the stories that are coming out right now from Rooted. Um, yeah. From people taking steps, next steps. It's just, it's very cool because it's easy for the church. I think Satan tries to make the church just become another organization yeah. that you kind of right. put your time in, do your stuff, yeah, right. and 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 it helps you kind of have a worldview, uh, 
that's not it's a christian christian club yeah yeah and that's not what no. god designed and that's really kind of how you started the sermon yeah. after beating me up um, <laughs> <laughs> that was fun, that was fun. <laughs> i heard i heard an amen from i think andy and sylvia <laughs> that's funny um i thought you did a great job with the passage and yeah. so uh, just kind of yeah. do a, right. a, an overview of of kind of where you went with the message about ananias and Sapphira. Okay. All right. Go. Uh, oh, yeah. Well. Just do a 30 second recap of the message. Okay. Um, just a, an odd story uh, that was included, but the Holy Spirit doesn't make a mistake. So yep. that story was included. What always amazes me is the stuff that's included in the Bible and the stuff that's not. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's like, okay, there's a plan here. There's, I know there's a reason for it. Because can you imagine all the incredibly great stuff that happened in that first century church? Yeah. And they, they only can, could talk about certain things, and they had to highlight Peter and Paul, you know, and, and stuff, stuff they did. But can you imagine what the Christians, the powerful Christians, say, located in Ephesus after Paul's left, the stuff that was going on there and conversions and stories? They don't include that, yeah. right? Uh, but they include this story. And I think... Uh, it was a very important story for the early church. I mean, this story's existed since first century, and it's carried on, and it's a great, great teaching about what it means to be all in yep. versus playing right. at it or being part-time in it. Now, in this case, uh, we'll get into it, I think, some of the questions that are coming up uh, as to why they had to die, but... It was the early church, first century church, uh, birth of the church, very vulnerable time, and Satan was doing everything he could and selected this couple um, because of their potential yeah. to do harm. And so obviously they were important people. Influencers. It, very influential yeah. people. And so there was a reason for it, and uh, the result um, was uh, God protected the church. Yeah, so Ananias and Sapphira mm-hmm. gave an offering. Right. They said it was oh, more than, yes. it, than more than it, it really was. Right. And they didn't have to. They do lied. That. Yeah, right. they didn't need to. Right. Um, but the end of chapter four talks about Barnabas mm-hmm. and that he sold a piece of property, and uh, obviously that they thought that the church oh. thought that was really cool. That's right. Blessed lots of people. Right. Um, and uh, I, I, it was funny just when when you were reading the end of four. It made me think. Oh yeah, the guy's name was Matthias, um, but the apostles called him Barnabas That's right. because it meant son of encouragement. That's so, right. the, so he was a real encourager. Oh, yeah. He was. Uh, people were blessed by him. That's yep. the same right. guy that ultimately travels with Paul on his right. first miss- missionary journey. Yeah. Um, but then, um, but the Ananias and Sapphira sell some property as well. They give the money. They lie about how much they gave. Right. And um, and they're struck dead. Yep. Um, and uh, not accidentally, it was very clearly the hand of God. Right. So, so there were th- uh, really kind of three different questions that came in that all, all right. dealt with the same thing. Let me just read these. Right. So, if you wrote the questions, you uh, you can hear your question in this. I like the the perspective of God preserving the early church with all the headline scandals in today's church. Well, why do you think that? 
Why do you think that seems not to be the case today? Why is God not killing people today? Second question that was kind of similar. Christians, even Christian leaders, sin like Ananias and Sapphira quite often these days, or at least we hear about it a lot. Why doesn't God punish them as harshly as he did in Acts? And then the third question, again, <laughs> uh, kind of a similar one. Why doesn't the Lord deal with us as severely to the point of death? It sure would convince people <laughs> of his sovereignty. Yes, it would. So um, why, why doesn't God intervene in the same way now? Uh, I think, again, uh, we just touched on it briefly. Uh, that was the birth of the church, uh-huh. an extremely vulnerable time. I mean, how many Christians were there at the time? 5,000. Yeah, so five, five, not five, many, yeah. not many, and... Uh, there was all kinds of forces trying to snuff the church out before it even got started. And who was behind all that? Satan was. Yeah. So he tried to do it from without, then he tried to do it from within. Yeah. And so I think that was a particular vulnerable time, just like as we looked with the story of Achan, right at the beginning right. of the birth of Israel. I mean, those are severe. When you read those scriptures, you, you man, uh, God was very severe. Yeah, with with enemies and even with people within the camp who were not obedient to God, uh, very severe. I mean, e- even Moses because he struck the rock in anger couldn't yep. see the promised land. I right. mean, wow! After all he did, you know, and he couldn't get the prize, you know. Yeah. And so, because there were foundation steps being made right then for the foundation of the nation of Israel, but also for the church, and so it was very very serious. Uh, matter for God to take control now. Now, I do believe that that God, that there are consequences to behavior today. Yeah, uh, I believe that the Holy Spirit convicts people of sin. I think there's things that are found out. I think there's consequences. But I can't help but remember the story of the wheat and tares. Uh-huh. Uh, more or less, there's a, there's a field, you know the story, there's a field. It's a parable but, that Jesus told. Yeah, a parable Jesus told, and he looks out at a field, and people are talking to him, and he says, well, here's a, here's a field full of wheat, but then there's weeds all through it, the tares that are there. And someone says, well, why don't you get out there and take care of those weeds? Get out those all... He says, well, because there's a danger, if you pull out some of those tares, you might pull out some of the good stuff, too. Yeah. And so... There, there's a reason why at one time he does, does this. There's another reason. Well, there's a preservation thing in the beginning, but also kind of a preservation of individual believers at the end. So, right. so I think there's a God has a philosophy, uh, and to, and to say why did he do it then? I think I asked that question in the service. Yeah, we're not told. Right. Uh, I really don't know. It's based on conjecture. I think we've talked about it. You yeah. know. They saw Barnabas. They liked his popularity. They wanted the same thing, and they didn't have to do that. God really severely judged in that time. He's not really necessarily that we know of dealing with people today in the same way. Yeah, do you think um, this feels like a softball question, but um, has God's nature changed? Um, does God, has God's standard changed? And what's that mean for us if it if it hasn't changed, if God is, is the same yesterday, today, and forever, which is what Scripture says, yeah. what's that say to us about our um, our willingness to be casual about sin? Well, that's you know what what Paul say in Romans six, right? You know, he said, "Oh, you know, grace is fantastic, and grace abounds." That said, so we should sin all the more because grace abounds, or the, the reverse thinking is. 
well, the more I sin, the more grace I get. Yeah, the more grace that God shows. <laughs> so, yeah. so that's that's crazy. I I I like the term mercy. Uh, oh. God God shows mercy. Uh, now, Rick, I don't know your personal life. I know my personal life. Uh, there's times that I've done things uh, while being a Christian leader that if I were God, I would say you're done. Yeah. Yes. I'm just being as honest as I can be. But in His mercy. Uh, he still believes in me. Yeah. And so rather than me take advantage of that and say, oh, good, I got off the hook then. I can probably get off the hook again you know, some other time. Uh, that, that is hubris in, yeah. in the ultimate degree, uh, and there's no way I would do that. Uh, so that, I guess God's mercy is just an incredible yeah. thing that rather than focus on maybe this particular instance and say God was severe here, maybe look at your life and say, Wow, you know, uh, honestly, that could have happened to me, right? Because I've lied, right, 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 and and so, and I've lied to God, I've lied to yeah. myself. Um, so rather than focus on that, I'd say focus on God's mercy in your life. Yeah, I I do think that it's helpful for us because we live in a very um, tolerant culture, yep. uh, a, a culture that that. Um, glorifies sin rather than right. is repelled by it to uh, like I just thought as you were preaching and and reading through Acts chapter 5 just thinking again how important it is for us to understand how high the stakes are yes that um, yeah, that it's good. not it's not even just a matter of life or death here on yeah. earth but eternity yeah. and um, and we can't we just can't fool around no. with um, with with entertaining sin. No. So, yeah. Well, Sunday's a prime example. This young lady, Amanda, yeah. Really, what she was sharing was through the example, not of what these guys taught, the, the couple that she's working with, their daughter who's blind yeah. and yeah. and can't communicate, but just how they live their lives. Yeah. That yeah. so imagine if if somehow they had had a moral failing or somehow their marriage was disintegrating, the impact right. it would have on that young lady, but because of their faithfulness to each other, to God, to their daughter, yeah, that that witness that has eternal ramifications. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's just not. Oh, good, we got one more person at a club. No, no, no. This is talking about eternal, right? Eternal ramifications, and then generational. We talk about right. with athletes getting generational wealth. Well, the generational wealth we get as Christians is because we're Christian, potential of our children and our children and our children. And now Amanda's life, the amount of people she's going to touch yeah. is, as you're, this is serious business. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. I, um, I have a very clear memory in my mind of back when I was in college and, and working at church camps. I'm traveling from church camp to church camp. I was at a, at a camp in Indiana and just had some quiet time alone in this camp at a place that was very secluded. And, and I was praying and, and thinking through um, the Old Testament when it talks about the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and thinking, I, I was praying and saying, God, you are the God of Floyd Rubel. And Bob Rubel, That's right, and Rick Rubel, and thinking about the impact that my grandma's decision, uh, probably sometime in the um, early 1930s, when she said to my grandpa, "I want to go to this church yeah. in Columbus where they preach 
the Bible. There you go. Um, that they were going to a to a denominational church that that they didn't really talk about the Bible much. And my grandma said, "No, we need to hop in our car and drive forty minutes yeah. into Columbus to go to this church." Wow. Um, because they preach the Bible there, That's great. and and the um, blessings that oh. I um, that my mom and dad, uh, you know, my dad and his sister had, my siblings and myself, my kids have, yeah. even now my grandkids have, um, because of the way that God oh, works. And so yeah, it's it's what we do. What we do matters. Yes, um, it does, uh, and matters beyond not just us, but but through our families and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, okay. Um, uh, another question. Uh, should we not make a point to save for our children's college? Um, should we invest to be purposeful with what God has given us? Because I'm, I'm sure this question is because um, Barnabas sold a piece of property, gave it to the church. Um, it seems foolish to give to the point of poverty. The church today doesn't live like it did in the beginning. So what do we do? So should we should we just give all of our money uh, to the church? Should we sell all of our investments and just trust God to take care of us forever? Um, how, how do we? No. How do? Uh, okay. No. Talk uh, about that a little. bit. I think there is a great perspective though that comes, especially when you when you travel the world and yeah. and you see. I think Jesus talked about the widow's mite. She gave all she had. I mean, so there's examples of that. Uh, and if you feel feel led to do that, but when I look at the, the current materialistic worldview that Americans have today, uh, the, the the problem isn't giving too much. Yeah. Um, I was talking to uh, one of my professors. I, I don't know if we have the time to get into all this, but it was just very interesting. It's our podcast. So okay, we it's can, our we podcast. Can, we can go as long he, as we he, want. It was during the oh eight oh nine. Um, recession. And he was saying, are we living in really bad financial times? And I said, well, let me ask you, Matt. I said, uh, uh, say that um, really you couldn't afford to to buy a house till you're probably in your 40s because credit wasn't easy. In fact, not many people would have credit, credit cards. And you had, um, maybe you went out to dinner maybe twice a year, Mother's Day, maybe some other day during the year. Um, you never, never have gone on a vacation other than going camping yeah. and having a pop-up pop up tent trailer. Uh, you had spaghetti night, pancake night to make the budget go. Yep. Uh, you have maybe three-quarters of a glass of milk on the table, and you really literally had very little discretionary money. Would those be difficult times? He goes, well, yeah. I said, that was Norm in the 1950s. Yeah. yeah. That's how I grew up, and we were poor. Right. It's just the problem is, is having Americans – learn to not have as much discretionary money as they had before. That's the difficult part. Yeah. But so let me, let me go on okay. with that. Uh, so I, I think the point of, I think sometimes we misunderstand the first century church. They didn't give all they had. They gave what they wanted to give. I mean, you read Acts chapter right. 4, they, and it says they did occasionally. Yeah. They didn't do it like every Sunday you brought everything you had. The idea, and I said it in the second service, I did in first service, he didn't uh-huh. hear it. I said the idea is that everything we have is God's. Right. Now, what you can, if you want to be an Old Testament guy, you can say all he wants is 10% of it, right? But he, he wants to have the ability to use all of it if he leads you to do so. Right. And but and, and that's the understanding is that everything I have is not mine; it's God's. So He can use 
what I have for whatever purpose he wants, if he so leads me to do it. And so he was leading certain people, like Barnabas. He didn't sell all he had. He sold a piece of property he yeah, had. Right. So it's like probably, well, I don't need this, but I don't know why I have this. It's for a future savings and so yeah. forth. So he sold a piece of property. That doesn't mean he gave all the rest of his property up. I think sometimes we get this picture of the church, you know, that everybody had all things in common. Yeah. What it meant is that they all had the ability to share if you had a need, I'm willing to come right. to, to help and share in that. And I think that's the model. Not that, like I said in a second, it's not a communist kind of philosophy. Right. And so, of course, you need to, to save for your kid's college and all the rest of that. Um, that's, not, that's not a bad thing, an evil thing. But understand that all, all that is God's money. Um, one of the questions later on, it's about example, but... Um, there was a real need in the church when I served at Kentwood, um, uh, and they were asking people to give very sacrificially to help in a certain situation. So Judy and I, uh, we took about half of our son's college education fund yeah. and trusted that God would provide and, and gave, that, gave that willingly. Yeah. And so I think it's your attitude toward what you have rather than say, well, this is mine. You know, hey, God, I give you, you gave you the 10%. Uh, leave me alone. Yeah, I, I think that there's a real challenge for us in our culture to try and step back from what culture says is normal mm-hmm. and look at Scripture and pray and say, okay, God, what? I just need you to talk to me. So, yeah. so like, um, we had six kids um, in ministry when the kids were growing up, we didn't. No. Like Deb, Deb worked a second job along with homeschooling the kids, so that we could give right. to the church for right. for some special kinds of things. And we didn't. Um, you can think poorly of me as a parent, but we didn't pay for our kids' college at uh-huh. all. Yeah. Um, and but we taught our kids to save right. for college, and um, and so what was normal for some people was not right. normal for us right. because. We had a priority on giving to the kingdom. Right. We had a priority on investing in our kids, um, in in their education. So we didn't do a two income right. family right. Um, to speak of. That's different than normal. And I think when we when we pray and say, God, how do you want me to approach this, and then make decisions based on that, there is a new normal that develops for us, that everything else falls into right. into place. So if I don't have X amount of money, I'm not going to go to Disney on vacation because right. I don't have the money to do it. Right. But you know what? I'm going to go to Cowan Lake in, in, um, in, you know, in Kentucky or Tennessee or whatever. I'm going um, to go up north. And, and you will have so much more fun yeah. doing that at Disney yeah. any day. And, and, <laughs> um, and, and that's, not, that, that's not just okay. Yeah. That's... that's God honors that, and the memories right. that you make are are just as good, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Well, I just, one other thing I want to say about I had an elder uh, in one of my churches. I won't even narrow it down. Uh, we were driving back. We played golf together, talking about church business, and, and we were driving back, and he goes, hey, I need to stop by a marina. I said, oh, you do? And I said, what's going on? He goes, well, he's, he said, I, we want to buy another wave runner. And I said, you already have two. And he goes, well, you got to do something with your money. That's what he said to me. He's a pretty wealthy guy. And I said, 
I can't believe you're an elder in the church. I can't believe you said that. And he kind of looked at me and I said, how about asking God what he wants you to do with that extra money? And uh, he looked at me, he kind of got mad at me for a while, uh, <laughs> but they didn't buy the wave runner. <laughs> so, but it's, uh, you hear what I'm saying? Your yeah. mindset is yeah. that, hey, hey, we got this extra money. We can go on vacation. Yeah. We can do, how about, and it might be fine yeah. that you go on vacation with it. Maybe yep. you did, but how about asking God, God, you've blessed us with this yep. extra money. Now, in, in my life, just like I'm sure in your life, whenever we got extra money, we knew our refrigerator was going to break down. <laughs> Yes, God. We, God, ju- we God, just God. bought a new refrigerator at the Ruble House this week. <laughs> just last week. Uh, just so funny. All our life, when we get some extra money, Judy looks at me. I, I know something's going to happen. Yeah, and it almost always does. God, so, well, God, God provide. That's yep. exactly what we look yep. at. It. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, okay, let me. Uh, Number six. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's easy to narrow the application of this passage to lying about or giving, like when you think about Ananias and Sapphira, you tend to think, oh, they lied, and, th- and that was the big deal. Um, or maybe it was that they were inflating and bragging about how much they gave when they, when they weren't really uh, given that amount. Is the application of the passage more about character, honesty, integrity, or is it about getting the praise of others? Any th- thoughts on that? I, I think it's both. I don't think it's more of one or the other. I yep. think both are in there. I, you know, again, we're not told. Scripture doesn't tell us what they were thinking, but the context here seems to think that they wanted to garner the same kind of attention that Barnabas did and some of the other people who were... They wanted to have the reputation of being these great Christian people, right? Yeah. And we've got to be careful about that uh, today. I mean, when we we come across as being certain certain people... uh, I don't know about your experience. I'm trying to be careful here. I don't know about your experience, but in my in my life, sometimes the most legalistic people with their faith are the ones that have a secret sin. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh, because they love pointing the finger at other people, because that makes them look like they're real pious, but really they're trying to cover a sin in their own life. Uh, that's been my experience. Yep. Uh, and so, the the more legalistic you are. That's in my experience. So it's not everybody's, but yeah. it, there's some secret sin that's involved. And so I think sometimes we put on these spiritual airs and try to be very pious. Or when they ask us to pray, we put our, we call it the stained glass voice, you know, yep. oh God, you know, yeah. and we have it's a great prayer and try to be somebody we're not, you know, and, and we need to be real. Uh, I think it was John chapter 4. When Jesus is talking to the woman at the well, he goes, when she's saying, now do you worship God here at Mount Gerizim or is it in Jerusalem? He goes, there's coming a day when where you worship won't matter. Yeah. What God is seeking is people who worship him in spirit and in truth. Yeah. And I think that's the most important thing. So wherever you are, if you're a weak Christian, worship in spirit and truth. Yeah. Acknowledge Gosh, I'm struggling with all this stuff, you know. My faith is really weak. But don't it just worship him in spirit and truth. Uh and that's what he wants. Yeah. That's as far from what Ananias and Sapphira were doing. Right. It's it, it is ironic to me that Ananias and Sapphira at some level wanted the attention. Yeah. Um Barnabas got his name 
in the New Testament. <laughs> he did. And so did Ananias <laughs> and Sapphira. Uh, yeah. But for a very oh, different that's right. reason. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, the, uh, this week in Rooted, uh, our life groups are doing Rooted, and in that study, we're talking about uh, the spiritual growth that comes when you give. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, that that there's a discipline in that, and God just teaches us, I think, about who we are and who He is when we are consistent in our giving, when we when we give sacrificially, when we give generously, when we give to help people's uh, meet people's needs. Um, and so okay. I, d- I just wanted to ask... Are there things that you and Judy have learned over the years, um, stuff that God has taught you? Are you in a different place now than you were before in, as it relates to um, finances and giving? Uh, just open door for you to talk okay. about. Uh, to talk well, about. Well, it. two things. First thing, my dad, long, long time ago when we were teenagers and started earning money. Uh, and I, it's not original with dad. I'm sure people, the listeners today, are, they've heard it before, uh, is that w- would you rather uh, have 100% of what God doesn't bless or 90% of what he does bless? And, uh, and obviously, you want 90% of what he does bless. Yeah. And it's amazing the blessings that come by being faithful to that. Now, we can quibble and argue about does God really require a tithe you know, that's an Old Testament idea and so forth. Um, I think it has to do with your motive. Yeah. Um, I, I've known people, I'm sure, Rick, you've known people that have been very wealthy to give to the church, but they give with strings attached. Yep. And if you don't do what they say, they stop giving. Yep. Right? And so uh, you better be very careful with that with God. Right. Right, because that 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 will raise God's uh, or get His attention. I'll put it that way. I'm not going to speak for God on that. Yeah, but that it it. So here's what I: if God loves a cheerful giver, then I need to work on why I give. What's my motive behind giving? And so I want to do it cheerfully. In fact, I've I've told. In fact, I had a person at the church at Kentwood come up to me and says, well, "I'm going to start giving," and I said, "Well, that's good because we're going to get blessed by that." And he goes. What? I said, God loves a cheerful giver, and obviously you're not. So he doesn't want your money. And he 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 didn't like what oh, I said. He said he was gonna stop. Yeah, he, yeah, he was not he was not gonna give anymore. Yeah. Because he was mad about we were doing something he didn't want us to do. And yeah. uh and, and I go, I said, Well, that's good. Because <laughs> because God won't bless your money because you don't give it cheerfully, so I said I don't want your your your, your you got unblessed money coming our yeah. way. You wouldn't want unblessed money. You keep it. So God loves a cheerful giver, and so whatever you give, you need to give cheerfully. Yeah. Right. And I I don't think I think God knows we're at different places in our spiritual journey. Yep. And and that comes with growth, but you need to start somewhere. If it's only one percent, then start at one percent, and then grow to two or three, and so forth. But you're going to see that somehow at the end of the month when you're paying your bills and so forth, you go, you're going to look at your spouse and say, I don't know how we did it. Yep. But all our bills are paid. And that's the doggone truth. Yeah. Yeah. Over and, and over and over at, again. At over and over and over again. And that was, so that's the first thing is uh, God's blessing on what you have. Uh, then secondly is that where's your heart in it? And so now here's the other thing. Each of us are different. And 
I've never been a materialistic guy ever. It just doesn't matter to me. I don't, I want my car to get me from point A to point B. That's why Rick and I drive the same car. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to see us in some fancy cars. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's not that important. And we want our house to be comfortable, but it doesn't have to be outlandish house. Yeah. So it just, so God's blessed me with that. But sometimes we're married to spouses that have a different feel about it. Yep. And that you have to work on it together and share. Yep. And and not you just be, I'm going to be all spiritual and you're, but you have to work on this. And because I'm a, I guess I'm a budget guy, mm-hmm. but I just trust that God's going to take care. And uh, or when my wife, boy, she's X's and O's and, and not that she's materialistic. Don't, I'm not saying that, but um, we've really been a blessing to each other in working through this thing. Now, if it were me, um, I'd give everything away. That's my personality. With Judy, she goes, then who's paying for the light bill, Larry? You know, type yep. of thing. And so, so that's good. But yeah. then you work together as a couple. So that's what we've learned how to do is to come to an agreement before God about what we need to do. And uh, I'm a part of two mission boards right now, as well as, you know, I'm going to two different churches. <laughs> uh, but, um, but especially in missions, um, and I came back the other day and I said, boy, I'd really like to take on Laminda and Denise, because we're involved with a mission in India and also in Chile in a big way. And she goes, Larry, okay, we can do this, but understand. I said, okay, so we're still in negotiations. (laughs) So, but one thing we have learned is that uh, at least 10% Mm -hmm. is is super important. Another thing I'll I'll share, it just, just came to my mind, I just just remembered it. My mom and dad, they didn't pay for our college either. They didn't have a college fund or anything. Uh, there's five boys in our family. And uh, uh, like I said, we had spaghetti night because it went far. We had pancake night because it went far. I was talking to a person about having pancake night. With, didn't you have sausage? I said, oh, no, we just had pancakes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we didn't have sausage. We, we, we did pancakes sometimes, and we did French toast. <laughs> so we, uh, we had Separate that. nights. So... Uh, but not that we were poor. We had, you know, good grief, had a great, great upbringing. But mom and dad gave 10% to the church and another 10% to missions. They gave wow. 20% of their income to the Lord wow. throughout their life. And so uh, and now part of that mission fund was whenever a missionary would come into town or something, they'd be able to give them money yeah. and just say, hey, we want to bless you. Uh, but that's a goal that we have. I honestly, we're not there at twenty yep. percent, uh, but we want to be more than the ten percent, right? And so, anyway, you hear what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, but there's never been a time, uh, as you can tell, I've never missed a meal. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had to pray for my daily bread. Yeah. Uh, I've always had a, a roof over my head. Yeah. At the end of the month, the bills are paid. And if you say, you know, with a CPA's mindset. How did this work? I cannot tell you how it worked because there's times I just did not know how it was going to work. I think I shared with you before my brother John, my oldest brother, when uh, on a previous pod- podcast, he was starting out in ministry. He's like 20 years old, 
uh, he and his wife, no, he's 22 then because he had two kids. He had two kids, and he was preaching at Felicity Church of Christ outside of Cincinnati. That's where he was. Yeah. And they had to make a choice at the end of the week. They said, we're either going to buy groceries or we're going to give our tithe because we have no groceries. Yeah. And it was like on Friday. And John said, this money is not ours. It's already been committed to the Lord. So they, and they had a fight about it, but the decision was made to give it. And that Sunday, that Sunday they gave that, that two older ladies in the church came up and said, during our prayer time, we were really led by God uh, that somehow you need this money. Uh, and so they, one lady gave an envelope, uh, and when they got home and opened the envelope, it was for twice of what they committed to the Lord. And my brother John said, if ever there's an example about what happens when you trust in God, right. there, there is a prime example. And he says, from then on, it was like maybe a test for them. Yeah. That, are you really committed to this? Because he said, that never happened again. That never right. happened again. But where we didn't have a choice between groceries or tithing. Yeah. Uh, but that's what God does, right? Yeah. So did yeah. I go way too long? No, no okay. not at all. I, I do <laughs> think, I, th- I think one of the things I heard you say that as I filter from my seat in the office in, in terms of talking with... Um, couples and and uh, that kind of thing I think one of the biggest things that can come as you think about um, what to do with your money and how you sp- oh, well, your money what to do with God's money yeah. and and how to spend it is that having conversations together yeah. to say to establish what your priorities are because that really does give you the ability to say okay we're spending this much we're, we're giving back to God this much. Mm-hmm. Let's say we're giving back to God this much, but we're spending this much on vacations, and we're saving this much for retirement or for our right. kids, uh, for our kids' sure. stuff. Um, when you have that kind of conversation, it is like, is that really what we want to be a foundational right. principle in our marriage? No, um, that's right. Or as followers I think of that's Jesus, exactly, um, Rick. That's and, great. And when we do that, when we make the priority of um, of putting our trust in God for our financial resources given back to him other things begin to fall into place the 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 our priorities get established as we give to God because then there yeah there's less but then you use that less in different ways and you never really miss what what you would have given to God because God blesses what you what you have left in ways that you never anticipated anyways um, just good stuff. We're we're down in Sri Lanka. We're at Chubby's house, and again, yeah. Chubby is not Chubby. He's a really handsome, He's handsome man. skinny guy. He's like a movie star guy, but his name is Chubby. All right. Yeah. Um, he lives in their church. Yeah. Everything they have is shared. Yep. Their meals, their house. They they bring in. I think you That's shared. You four shared people living with them. A, yeah. a, a couple of young ladies from down in, in a very poor, really yeah. ghetto area that they have allowed to live in their home to be influenced by how they live for Christ. Uh, their music minister <laughs> lives there with them. They share everything. That their whole attitude, their cars, their vehicles, it's all shared with the church. Uh, they don't have this mindset that this is mine, mine. to use yep. for me. And but it's for everybody. It's it's just that that is not an American mindset. Correct. 
Yeah. Right. It, it is a kingdom mindset. Well, it has a kingdom mindset. <laughs> yeah. One last story on that is when when I first became president of Great Lakes, uh, there's a, a missionary, uh, Craig Gates, who graduated from Great Lakes Missionary to Mexico, and we took about 20 young people down, uh, 20 of our college students down to uh, for a week uh, to help build a church building and so forth. And one of the things that Craig does is he he makes us because we we're really uncomfortable doing, especially. I'm pretty new at this whole mission trip thing. That was like 25 years ago. But he makes you go and eat, uh, divides up about two or three people, and you eat in the church members' homes. Yeah. And, oh, my, the the students come back, and they go, I'll never complain about what I have or don't have again. Where he took me with three students was to Clemencia's house. Clemencia's house is a a block building, and here's the size of it, uh, on... Uh, you walk in the front door, and here's a curtain. On the one side is their living quarters, and where she had, she had two four-by-eight tables stuck together, and our backs were all to the walls. That's the size of that room, was yeah. the size of a little bit larger than a two four-by-eight. On the other side of the curtain were three beds where she laid, and her daughter, both a teenager and son, all teenagers, lived. They had one light bulb hanging from the back yeah. wall. That was it. And she fed us dinner. She cooked our food on a tripod over fire in the front yard. She walked a quarter of a mile to get the water for our dinner to bring it back. Um, I was ruined for the whole week. And I mean that, spiritually speaking. And I said to Craig, I said, Craig, can, can can I at least, you know, pay for the food and so forth? He goes, that was a... That food that she provided was a month of her earnings. And I broke into tears. Yeah. And she would be insulted. Yeah. If you paid for that. We in America, when we say, oh, is it all right to save for this and to go do that and understand this? I think, I think we've been so blessed materially, our, our, we're messed up. Yeah. Um, and we miss out on a blessing because that lady loved that night. Yes. She loved serving us and seeing us eat, eat her clean. I mean, yeah. she had tortillas stacked up here. We had food. And the laughter we had in that room, it was absolutely an amazing experience. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yep. So we get so wrapped up in the materialistic part of it that we really miss the, the blessings that, that can come right. by, by giving as as God leads, right? Yeah. As God leads us to give and to do it together and do it willingly and cheerfully, I think that's the important thing. Yep. Hey, thanks, thanks, hey. thanks, thanks. All right. Good stuff. Um, the let me just uh, quick reminder: uh, this Saturday's Fall Fun Fest, and uh, if you're watching this week, be sure and come. Uh, if you're not signed up to help, we can. Uh, we would love to have you just enjoy being part of that. It's going to be a really cool thing. Um, invite your family, friends, um, and pray for good weather. That would be a great <laughs> thing. It would be marvelous for it to be like 70 and sunny. Um, oh. that would, that would be, that would just be a special blessing. But, but then you'd be in Ohio. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe so. <laughs> maybe so. Um, also just, just, uh, want to encourage you if, if you've been, um, blessed by the podcast, uh, share it, like it, do all that good kind of stuff. And uh, want to invite you to, to be sure and be uh, at worship uh, 
be at church next oh, Sunday. You'd be blessed. There's going to be uh, some cool stuff that happens, and would love to have you be a part of that. So thanks for watching. This concludes episode 111, and uh, we'll, we'll keep at it next week. Oh, one last thing I forgot. Sylvia is now laughing at me. <laughs> uh, just when you were talking about Chubby, I was thinking, yeah. hey, if you haven't watched the North Point Conversations mm. uh, podcasts about the, about the trip to Sri Lanka, mm-hmm. let me just encourage you to do that. Um, I think that you'll really be blessed, and mm-hmm. it'll give you great insight into um, what our missionaries, uh, Laminda and Denise Ubeyawancha, are doing in Sri Lanka. Good, good, good stuff. Thanks for watching. Have a great day.